Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're suffering, please call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode about self-compassion and I guess more generally about working on unhelpful thought patterns. And I wanted to um, start this episode by just saying I am so excited to be listed on the New Beginnings playlist on Apple Podcasts homepage. Yay, thank you Apple. So excited, very proud. And um, if anyone hasn't seen it, if you want to go check it out, there's a, a list, a playlist of awesome podcasts that a lot of which I've never heard of. So welcome you to check that out. And um, in this episode, I just wanted to call out this is a request. It is for a person who is struggling with negative affect. And by that, I mean, she kind of defaults to negative self-judgment, negative self-image, and when negative feelings or thoughts come up, she attaches to them. So my goal with this episode is basically beginning to practice um, non, non-attachment or basically in stopping yourself in the moment you start to engage with the thoughts that are not serving you. And more importantly, stopping in the process of scripting out narratives around certain events in our lives. It's practicing non-reactivity, non-judgment in the face of thoughts or feelings. And to, to do that, we really have to rehearse that process. Like we just have to repeat it until it becomes habit. It's just like, um, you know, learning a, <clears throat> a better way to walk. If your foot is, if you have like some sort of foot surgery or something like that, and you have to like teach yourself the new way that accommodates whatever happened. We have to do that with our brains because our thoughts create, I'd call them like grooves. And the more we have them, the more we feel like kind of automated to go on the same track we've been going on in the past. And if we can start to alter that by just becoming aware and practicing a new groove, 
lo and behold, we will soon find that we can change our thought habits. And a lot of the time, especially with negative thoughts, they're just kind of like twitches, like blips, like little muscle twitches. And when we engage with them, they just become more reinforced. And that is how we get bad thought habits. So I wanted to just give you an example or a way to to really get that perspective. If you were to go to sleep at 11 p.m. and then you were to wake up at 2 a.m. and go about your day, go about a work day, or let's say you go to a meditation class or a yoga class or something like that, you would be able to recognize your thoughts becoming much more primitive. And by that I mean like they would be crying, they would be yelling, they would be complaining, they would be reacting to everything around you, commentating on it, possibly being more negative or more complainy and it those thoughts are not more or less true than than they are in an average day you would just be able to see in clear in a clear circumstance like that just how the brain works like how your brain acts and what happens is when you are able to kind of slow down your thoughts you can see them in the same way they're all optional they're all fluid they're all changeable and what I've noticed in my recent decades of my life is that my brain now defaults to the more positive interpretation of events why because that is what I've trained my brain to do which is great because it's a much more enjoyable life experience and that is a great blessing but in truth There is always a positive story you can tell or there is a negative one and both are true because all the events in our lives are neutral. Like they arrive without the story. And so the scripts we create are what cause us the most pain and suffering or joy, not the actual events. And they exist with us in our our thoughts, in our mind for such a longer time past the actual events themselves. So to tweak this, we really have to slow down the process of our personal reactions and just give ourselves the new workarounds. So I notice that some people default to the negative story, like, um, I don't know, I am, I'm so far behind in my career, I should have started this when I was 20. Or, oh man, I missed my exercise class this morning. So now I'm behind and I'm I, I'm 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 in a negative slope now or I ate that bagel so now I'm like shouldn't you know the rest of my day is ruined as far as diet goes I don't know whatever so the rides that we go on in our minds around just neutral events the rides are exhausting and they cause us to live in something that is past tense and that is not relevant anymore or potentially might not even exist in the future and probably won't to be honest like a lot of the time when we're fear forecasting most of the time none of that will actually occur and this is the part that's optional so a recent example from my life super boring but (laughs) I have uh the bathroom there's like a, a leak in one of the bathrooms in my house and I could take every night of my life for a month to fixate on the fact that if I had noticed it or I if I had called the uh 
the per, the production company, the construction company earlier, it would have been under warranty, but I didn't. And then I could lament that and be upset about that and fixate on how much it costs. And that would be something that, you know, would cost me, I don't know, let's say 30 hours of pain. Let's say for a month I'm fixated on that thing. Or it could be completely neutral information. It just is a leak. It's a leak that has occurred and it, it will be fixed. That's neutral. And that means I get to skip that whole 30 hours of suffering. If I can recognize in the moment that it's optional for me to feel those feelings. So what I would invite you to make your goal in this moment, maybe say it aloud, is to improve the bounce back time and redirect time you have around a negative thought. Because we all have our own versions of the negative thought traps that we fall into. And sometimes those are about ourselves. Sometimes those are about things we have done or haven't done. Or sometimes they're um, in reaction to somebody else. The goal is to notice our response er as early on as possible when it's happening and change course to something that is either activating or empowering. So it's really about like noticing what the energy in our body is and, and asking like, is this helping me? Is this something positive? Or do I need to change it? That's it. And I think one thing that people don't realize is like depression and I mean, anxiety to a certain extent is reinforced and compounded and exacerbated by that, just the simple emphasis and indulgence in our thoughts like so by negative rumination when we practice the thinking of a depressed person we reinforce all of the chemicals with that set of thoughts and so a lot of what certain treatments for depression do is they allow you to disrupt that loop of thinking and so the same goes on an average day basis for any negative thought we might have we can script a story about our identity and then they become us. And this like, whatever script it is, it kind of, it validates this structure that our ego is trying to create. It's like a way for us to kind of give ourselves grounding in these lengthy stories. However, those stories can be flipped in either direction at any time. So you could be the hero or the victim or the villain. It's fluid. The same facts can exist and could have you can have a totally different perspective on the exact same facts. So when it comes to talking badly about yourself, we have to teach ourselves a new thought habit. And I think of it as kind of like a three-step process. So what are the three thoughts? The first one is the thing. I didn't exercise today. The second thought, I don't like this thing about myself or I don't like that thing that I did. And this is what I like think of as like moment shopping. Why? Because we have this like bad feeling that has no meaning necessarily, or it's a question mark. And then our brains begin to shop for a script. Like this is when we are like starting to tell a story about the thing. So for example, um, I didn't exercise and that is bad because of xyz i'm supposed to exercise every day this week i don't know and as soon as we start to script that meaning we begin to physically invest in it and that is like the pivotal moment 
when change is possible. And then the third thought is um, the thing, now the feeling that we have invested in. I am, now I am sad. That is like when we have really gotten on board with our script. Now I feel terrible about myself. Now I'm, now I'm depressed. Now I'm sluggish. Now the rest of my day is ruined. So we're, we're attaching to the, the meaning behind this neutral event. And in, at any moment in this thought process, we can stop and step back and just teach ourselves non-attachment to disengage. And so what does that look like? For me, what is most effective is just asking open-ended questions and really mentally entertaining that as a possible true uh, answer. Like really physically investing that in whatever alternate thing I've come up with and leaning into it. Like trying it on for size mentally. The open-ended question that I could ask myself about this, um, maybe is it possible that it's a good thing that I didn't exercise today? Uh, And then like just trying to talk yourself into that feeling. Like not just like, saying it in your mind mind but like actually trying to physically move to the that opposite end of that thought like being in in that the truth of that thought and what happens when we do this is we change the entire course of our life like not overstating it we literally can start to witness what it was that we were projecting and willing to occur just it's super subtle but it is incredibly powerful in how just that simple exercise will change your life. And so if you are having a, a feeling that is super, like you're, you're totally invested in it, you're totally sure that it's true, just trying on the opposite for size and just mentally leaning into it, you can start to see around the truth of that thought. You can start to see that there's more variation in it and see that like maybe it's not so black and white at all. Um, if you are a person who has like super intense feelings that are just overwhelming and potent, I am guessing that that is probably an old, you're probably triggered. It's probably an old feeling from childhood. And that is because all those childhood feelings tend to be very dramatic and very dire. They feel very hyperbolic. And that's because they're the, ch- the feelings of a child. So for you in particular, I like to, to frame this as like, you can think of yourself as having two selves. One is like that child, the inner kid. And one is like your adult self who is aware of the inner kid. And the adult self has all this new perspective and can kind of hold that kid in third person, like can help them in their struggles, even though both are you. And so the reason I say kid is because all of those kid-like feelings are rooted in fear and powerlessness. And like when we're a child, we're powerless because we can't, you know, live our own lives autonomously. We have to like rely on other people. So when we can, as the adult self, refer to ourselves as like this younger kid self and when we're in emotional pain, we can actually help ourselves through those situations and, and through that process feel more valued and important and not like 
we hate ourselves, we'll feel more valuable as a person and more confident just by default of the intention. So all of that aside, I have some tools that I would offer you to try out if you are a person who has a lot of negative self-talk or a lot of um, kind of poor self-image that like causes you a lot of suffering. If any of this stuff in the beginning is resonating. So with that, here we go. And now you may want to adjust your volume for a brief word from our sponsors. The first tool, go see a show at the theater of the mind, AKA practice watching. So I just want you to call to mind this idea of a theater being your brain. And your brain is like a stage and the thoughts, they dance across just like actors would in a play. So for a brief moment, I just want you to close your eyes and remain quiet and just simply watch the thoughts that come up and like think of them as little actors that are, you know, dancing across the stage. So this is just an, a method for remembering you versus the operating system that's running inside of your brain that is the ego. And that is, you are the wa the watcher. You are the being that is witnessing the thoughts. You are not the thoughts. Right, the next tool is called removing the second arrow. The most painful and optional experience we have is the judgment element of any thought that occurs of any situation. So whatever you are going through, you are allowed to have feelings, you are allowed to have thoughts, you can just allow them to pass. And all we have to do is just not attach to their significance. Like think of it like you have a bunch of angry kids dancing on your stage. And sometimes they get louder and crankier and sometimes they don't make any sense and sometimes they just wanna yell and then they go away. The reaction that we, we start to judge the feeling or script a story around the feeling and, t and decide that it's right or wrong or that it means X, Y, Z, that piece of it is like a habit. That's it. It's a bad habit. And when we attribute power to that habit by following along with the story and then physically investing in it, that is how it starts to become reinforced. And so if we have repeated that process quite a bit, we will feel like we don't have power over that process. But in reality, change just starts with awareness, the intention to change and seeing that judgment piece as optional. So when we judge things, often it is a method of being in control. And, and that is like we feel better about something because we feel active in deciding what to do about it, you know? So we start to narrate stories about things and what they mean. And that is in some ways an act of feeling like we have power over it, just like a child would tell a story around all of the things their parents are doing to make sense of them. And so when we start to tell ourselves mental stories, we don't realize it, but we're, we're actually choosing those stories. We're practicing new stories and longer stories. We're, we're also giving ourselves like a future task to enact and to rehearse. When in reality, all we really need to do is step back and just witness it, allow it to pass, give it no additional weight or meaning, and just realize it. it's neutral. It just is. It's a blip. It's a muscle twitch. And it if we have 
a very repeated rehearsed set of thoughts around a muscle twitch it becomes a thing you know it becomes like a thing we have to ruminate on and oftentimes when we have things that we tend to ruminate on it's in part because we have had that thing happen at an earlier age you know oftentimes when we have like a mark that is left you know a feeling that has left a mark it's because it's some situation when we were a child that was bigger or more traumatic and so anytime a a new situation occurs it's like it's triggering all the old things as well and that is just because they're all kind of grouped together in your memory so in those situations the feelings might feel you know I have to feel this way this is really meaningful but what I want you to do is in that moment see yourself as that watcher and just step back your voice you know can be wiser your inner watchers intentions or or actions can be wiser than your feelings in your body so in the moment you are witnessing yourself in pain allow your body to take that separate wiser watchers perspective and physically allow that self to take actions in service of getting getting you back to the most neutral rational state of mind and by that I mean like if you are triggered your your body can move despite what's going on in your brain you can actually help yourself soothe you can help yourself ground even if your whole mind is chaos you can physically take actions to help yourself so same goes for a situation like this and if it helps I think a great mantra is first things first by that it's what is the first thing I need to do to help myself to ground myself to soothe myself and in order to get out of a state of overwhelm or reactivity you can ask yourself like how can I take care of myself in this moment if you are spending mental energy in something that is causing suffering or inaction I tend to immediately put energy into my physical body and bringing chemicals in my body that will soothe me. So exercise, uh, breathing, sunshine, um, anything that's going to take the power away from thoughts and give it to my physical body. So when we are wallowing or feeling powerlessness, it is oftentimes a veiled attempt at us trying to avoid pain and the pain of fear. And I know that sounds weird because it's equally, actually, it's much more painful than actually being afraid. But when we are choosing to wallow or choosing to suffer in a thought loop, in part, it's because we are avoiding an action. And it's, it's like, it's so subconscious that it would be hard to identify that. But like, when we avoid actions that could help us, it's because we're, some part of us is afraid some part of us is afraid of um, the unknown, the afraid, like for afraid of pa- failure, of of the fear of action that we haven't taken before. It makes no sense, but it kind of does make sense. So we think it's about some truth about ourselves, but in reality, we're just falling into a procrastination trap. And the best way to get out of that trap is immediately throw yourself into an action. So instantly just ask what action can I take to empower myself what action can I take to get out of this state of powerlessness and fear 
which brings me to the next tool, which is called a pill called action. And so I just wanted to give you a visual. Imagine a pill bottle that says action on it. And this is, just know, this is the best way to relieve pain of rumination or procrastination is to be active in helping ourselves. So just remember, take a pill called action. Take any positive action and be in a process of helping yourself to relieve the negative mindset. Even if it's a small action, it doesn't matter. All right, the next tool, the two-sided coin. Everything you experience has two opposite meanings and both are true. And you can flip it at any time. And the trick is to be able to teach yourself to find the positive alternate meaning and eventually default to that just through repetition. It's like teaching, you know, a puppy where to pee. The same thing goes for your brain. You just have to repeat it again and again and again. And by that, I mean teaching your brain to default to the favorable, favorable version of a story. And I don't mean like talking yourself into seeing an unhealthy relationship as a good relationship. I mean, focusing more dominantly and physically investing in the story that is activating and positive versus powerlessness and negative. And so you can see in the moment how any event affects your body and your energy or any thought affects your body and your energy. And just recognize it, like scan your body and notice how it feels. Does this empower you and lift you up and bring you out of your shell or does it do the opposite? And our goal is to recognize when it's disempowering and flip it to a meaning that is positive and activating. So for example, let's say I have um, the thought about the bathroom. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this is going to be expensive and I should have done the thing. The, what's the opposite of this? Um, maybe this was not that bad. Maybe it has, would not have been something that I could have gotten under warranty. And maybe it won't be that hard to fix at all. Maybe this is just a normal thing that happens. And maybe it will be very nice to see the person that will come and fix it. When you can't come up with a past tense meaning that's positive, always go to possible future scenarios that are positive. And this will take a little bit of creative writing sometimes. I know it sounds weird and like, silly but this is the actual process we're we're scripting po possible future positives around a thing that is negative or you know neutral as i said <laughs> all right the next tool i already kind of touched on this but rescripting or flipping the coin the first step is you notice that you're defaulting to something that is negative is the story i'm telling myself empowering and positive no then the second thing we have to do is find the gift. Always find the meaning in the event. Script out all the opposites or just one that works for you. All the opposites that are either activating or positive. And so if you've noticed, like I I don't, you know, let, let's think of another example that's negative about the self. Um, let's say, oh, those three people have not invited me to hang out with them. Those three people don't like me very much because they haven't helped or invited me to hang out with them. What are the possible alternate 
positives I could script out. Um, here's one. You're a unique person and unique people by design are hard for other people to grasp because they just don't have the experience and the intellect that you have. Or maybe those people are um, planning to invite you out in the future. Or maybe you're meant to um, make them feel more confident about themselves in the future by being nice to them. All There's like, keep going. Um, and if you notice that your brain will not let go of the negative, like meaning you're still going back and repeat like try it's like hunting it's going back to the old meaning and repeating it back to you again and again I am guessing that you may have either fatigue or something else that is like causing your brain to have a lack of blood glucose or your body I should say or there is some real actual inner anger or frustration that is is caused by something unrelated that you are trying to validate. And that could be actual, real, you know, power imbalances or things in your life, like dominant factors in your life that are causing you to feel frustrated, angry, less than um, compromised. And so, if, for example, like if you have been oppressed a lot in your life, you're, you by default will be like hunting for things to validate that because it's already a condition in your life and so you'll be looking for things that validate that condition in reality what we have to do is get to the root causes of the anger and address them whether that's with a therapist or it's being active in empowering yourself in the face of the root cause because when we are in action we are in relief from the issue because it's being confronted. Powerlessness causes the most trauma. When we are active in helping ourselves, pain doesn't scar us like it does when we are powerless. Um, and I would, the same tool goes for negative self-talk. If you start to tell yourself a negative story about yourself, practice telling a different story. Flip it on its uh, underbelly. If you are... Um, Telling yourself something that you notice does not make you feel good. Just notice it and, and practice telling yourself a new one. For example, like if your brain starts to fixate on your wrinkles and you're like, oh, I, I wish I could get plastic surgery or I wish this wrinkle wasn't here. Just flip it over and say like, God, I look beautiful. I look young and vibrant. And just treat that as like an experiment. Just try it out. See what it does. Just notice the effects, what it does. You don't have to believe it, you know? It's just about a, a habit, reinforcing a new habit. All right, the next tool is called judgment filter. And this is just to catch in action. If you are a person where judgment is your habitual frame of mind, just recognize that. Kind of like see that layer of yourself. And, um, and I just call that out because I think a lot of us I don't know if you've had this experience where you see an old photo of yourself and you're like, oh my God, I look so much better than I thought I did in that moment. That is valuable information for you to have. Just knowing, knowing that about yourself, like, oh yeah, I can't see myself because of how my brain works and remembering that fact. 
I would guess if this sounds true for you that you have no idea how beautiful your life is, how beautiful you are. And I'm guessing you won't until maybe, I don't know, a year later. Maybe you would be able to catch a glimpse of it if you were in an altered state of mind. But in in general, just tr- trust that you are much, your life is much brighter and more amazing than what you can appreciate from your present. And so if you are trained currently towards judgment, just notice that about yourself. I personally know that about my own brain because I have a a very uh, dense history of body dysmorphia and eating disorders. I still cannot see myself until, I don't know, a year, a couple years later. And that is what it is. I just know that to the point where I'm like, I can't even, I don't even pretend to know what I look like. And that's fine. That's just like a thing I have to know about myself. I would offer that same thing to you. And just remember that and disengage from that kind of tricky trap of intense focus. All right, the next tool, always default to the meaning, find the meaning. And I know this is weird to do, but like you have to teach yourself to always grasp for the hidden meaning in things that come into your life that is positive, even if you cannot see it at first, or even if it feels very silly. Um, So if like there's friction around something that comes into your life and you're like starting to feel some like resentful about it, you're starting to feel like take that victim inactive role about the thing, immediately ask, what is this here to gift me? And if you hunt long enough, you script long enough, you creative write long enough, you will find multiple things. And As I said, my brain now defaults to this and often it's the future possible positive. So this is all stuff that you can do for yourself and even like something that feels like it's just a shitty thing (laughs) that you have to go through. Um, Okay, cool. Next tool, check your comparison points. When you have a victory in your life, this is just like a scan I think everybody should do just to be aware. When you have a victory in your life or a success in your life, what is your immediate response to that? Do you look at what is wrong with that win or who's slightly past you? Or do you look backwards and say like, wow, this is awesome. Look how far I've come. Like, do you own that success? I ask you because, I mean, I personally have a terrible habit of comparing upwards. And I think that that is helpful when it comes to you know, when you want to gain success, you're working towards a goal, but it is absolutely not helpful when it comes to appreciating and enjoying and savoring personal success. And so for me, I have to like manually do the like steps to get myself to really savor moments of success. So if you catch yourself comparing yourself upward and not taking um, joy from a success, then just remind yourself like, no, I have to be allowed to savor the fruits of my labor. How can I do that? What are ways that I can appreciate how far I'm, I've come? And usually it just means like you have to like write yourself a little victory story and practice being proud and celebrating it with other people. 
um, I what I do is I'll send like a mass email to like all of the people I'm closest to and say like help me celebrate this thing this is the thing that's happened and then I can really allow myself to soak it in I have to like verbalize the impressive scale of said win as if I were another person so <laughs> you can tell yourself like what would the parent on a heartwarming sitcom like family ties say to one of their children about this win and I think it's no secret that like people who compare downward like to people they have passed are happier than those who compare upward and you know if you've heard about like silver medalists are unhappier than bronze medalists that's it's clear why but what a tragedy that we take wins away from ourselves every change we want to make it just starts with like awareness and then that intention to change and it just takes some practice it takes some like you know manual efforting but I think with time it will always change all right next tool the friend in order to grow confidence we really have to treat ourselves like we would treat a very good friend and we have to kind of in third person look at any situation we are going through from this kind of like higher angle almost like you are floating above your body looking down from the corner of a ceiling for example and notice like what is this person going through and help that person move through it like almost like you're holding that person's hand and um, supporting them witnessing them honoring them and I think you know I, I would do that in moments that you're alone and around other people always be on camera so to speak in being that good friend in how you treat yourself physically and how you honor yourself um, put yourself first in the face of other people other situations like you treat yourself like you would treat your friend and that that is like the best measure and in honor of this relationship I wanted to offer you this journal prompt and if you needed to like re-meet this friend I would invite you to journal a list of 20 things that you like to do and you might like have a hard time doing this because it's like when was the last time you asked yourself that and whatever they are when you see this list I want you to just highlight what out of this list is the most important to you and also highlight maybe in a different color what is something you haven't done in a while and all everything on the list I just want you to make a conscious effort to put one thing from this list on your calendar to do for yourself like a little friend date just some quality time with you for you and I know for myself it was like it can be hard to do that when you when you don't have a lot of like the immediate things around you and you might be like I don't know what to do you might be like stumped by this exercise if that occurs for you I would invite you to just explore the first thoughts that come to mind that sound like maybe this would be fun if like nothing's coming up like maybe just drive to a part of town that you are curious about or if some thought pops into your mind like tea tea sounds nice like just go and get yourself some tea don't make it harder than it has to be all right the next tool is called the energy inside and I just wanted you to recognize the energy that you are bringing 
to your life, not just the thoughts that you're having in your brain, because the energy, if you have energy that is not aligning with what you are trying to tell yourself or foster in yourself, then it's that misalignment that is causing things to not work. So I think really important is to like do something physically that gets you to that state of empowerment, possibility, openness, boundless energy, joy, uplifted, whatever, you know, it's like that trampoline, (laughs) you're halfway through the air on the trampoline kind of energy. So for me, it's jumping on the Peloton, but like, think of things that you can do for yourself physically, that allow you to really align with, I am flexible, I am open, things are possible. And if that means like, you got to go get a physical because certain things are not gelling for you, that is that is a place to start. First things first, get in alignment with you, get on on the level with you, if that makes sense. So I hope those are helpful. Uh, Before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors. Forgive me if I don't pronounce this correctly. Srestra, donation from you. Thank you so very much. Anyone out there who has the means, uh, donations really help out the show. You can head to yaywithme.com or visit me on Patreon. And if you don't have the means, really appreciate the reviews on iTunes. Those are so awesome, super helpful. Thank you all who have given me reviews. I love to read them. And in closing, um, I wanted to end with a practice of gratitudes. Three gratitudes. I know everyone's sick of gratitudes or has already practiced their gratitudes, hopefully. But one thing I wanted to add to this is we don't have to just say the the things we're grateful for in the energy of like obligation. It's not like going through it in a routine sense. I think it's it'd be nice to think of three things you're grateful for that help you feel genuinely grateful. Like things that bring positive sensations to your body that allow you to savor that feeling. So let's think of three things that make us feel like physically joyful and make us really feel special and and grateful for our lives and um if it allows you to relive some moment try on one of those or something preferably in the recent let's say day or two what's a person that you ran into in your life that made you feel very very grateful or a thing that occurred whatever it is just call three to mind And that's it. I hope this episode is helpful. I send you my love. And don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.